Help defend the church by becoming a supporter of Family Life International. Your contributions enable us to continue our work to promote the faith, defend the family and promote the sanctity of life. Make a real difference today. Go to www.familyandlife.org.uk slash donate. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to the crowd, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never be hungry. He who believes in me will never thirst. But, as I have told you, you can see me and still you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I shall not turn him away, because I have come from heaven not to do my own will, but to do the will of the one who sent me. Now the will of him who sent me is that I should lose nothing of all that he has given to me, and that I shall raise it up on the last day. Yes, it is my Father's will that whoever sees the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and that I shall raise him up on the last day. The Gospel of the Lord. Our Lord, speaking to the crowds, said, I am the bread of life. If we go back to the Greek, we notice that the word our Lord used for life is not we who speak English generally understand. In Greek, there are two words for life. They have come into the English language. One is um, biology, in the Greek bios, which refers to physical life. And the other one is zoe. And we have zoe um, as a a name, as a, a, a woman's name. And also we have it in zoology. Now, this Zoe refers to a spiritual life, the life of the soul. We know that um, when God created Adam, he did something for Adam that he hadn't done for the animals. Namely, he breathed into his nostril. And that Adam became a living being. That is, the image of God was firmly implanted in in the fabric of Adam's nature. So that, like God, he was able to reason and he was able to choose good or evil. That, that is, he had the free will. Um, and this is what makes us unique, different from the animals. The animals are driven by instinct. We, however, are free, even to the, to the, to the extent of disobeying God's law and even crucifying God himself. So when our Lord says, I'm the bread of life, he doesn't use the um, abios, life of the body, but he uses life of the soul, the spirit. And he doesn't say, I am the bread of nourishment, which would, of course, refer to the body. We know that we have this invisible life, this spiritual life, Because when we die, we still continue to exist. 
and we know that um, from scripture, uh, certainly, but even human reason tells us that much. We know it from scripture, and there are examples um, such as um, the witch of Endor, when Saul, despairing that God had not answered him, the prophets were silent, he broke the law, and he, he went to ask the advice of a witch, the witch of Endor. And um, she summoned up Samuel. And the moment Samuel came up, both Saul and the witch recognized that it was indeed Samuel. And even more, the scriptures itself, in other words, the Holy Spirit, confirmed it was Samuel. It wasn't some demon. It wasn't some other spirit, but it was Samuel. And then Samuel speaks in his own person. Why have you disturbed my sleep? So there is this underworld. And Samuel was aware of what was going on on earth as well. So this is one example. Um, there, there are others. Our Lord himself refers, refers to this underworld where there is a continued existence, for instance, in the parable of rich men and Lazarus. The rich man was aware of what was going on, uh, what was going on on earth. Send Lazarus to speak to my brothers and so on. So our Lord then refers to himself as the bread for this spiritual life that we have and that we need to nourish. And so he can say with, with exactitude, he who comes to me will never be hungry. And this coming to him is not by physically walking, but rather by coming in faith, coming with love, coming with devotion. And he who believes in me will never thirst. Not believe me, but believe in me. In other words, when we place all of our hopes, our dreams, our ambitions in, in, into the depths of his sacred heart, we will never thirst. He will provide for us all that is necessary. We may not like it at the time, but we know that, as St. Paul says, it will bear abundant fruit. Or, again, as our Lord says, that a grain a wheat remains alone unless it is, it is um, plant, um, buried and, and, and dies, then it bears a rich crop. And so there's, our Lord is preparing us to accept the difficulties that are so necessary in order for us to, to grow into the perfect person in union with him. But, he said, as I have told you, you can see me and still you do not believe. They could see and by seeing, we're not just talking about the eyes of the body, which certainly they, they had the advantage of, but also the, the eyes of their souls were blinded. Because the miracles he worked should have opened their eyes. They should have looked beyond the signs to see what the sign meant. To look beyond the sign means to look at what was taught and to accept what was taught because the sign was confirmation of it. And our Lord would say this continually, con um, continuously um, to his disciples as well as, as to the Jews. And, an example being when he, he was in the boat with them and he asked, he, he warned them, he said, Beware 
the yeast of Herod and of the Pharisees. And said, why is he saying that? Is it because we didn't bring bread? And our Lord was really exasperated. He said, why are you talking about bread? When I broke the five loaves, how much was left over? When I broke the seven loaves, how much was left over? And when they answered, he said, so why are you talking about bread? Because even they were slow of understanding. Which, of course, is some of thing of encouragement to us. Yet, we have to learn from what the mistakes that even the, the, the apostles and the disciples made. So, he says, you can see me, but you still do not believe. To Thomas, he would say, you've seen me, Thomas, and you believe. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. So, in a certain sense, we are more in an elevated position than the apostles, because we have not seen. But we have heard, and in hearing, we do believe. All, he continues, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I shall not turn him away. So, all, everything, the Father has given him. We read in the, in the Psalms, Ask of me, and I'll give you the ends of the earth for your heritage. I will give you the Gentiles. So everything, all the whole human race, has been entrusted to the Son by the Father. And he has come, the Son has come, so that he might give us the eternal life. And what does he say? I will not turn him away, but I will raise him up on the last day. So again, if we're going to be raised up, well, what can be raised? It's not just the body, but the whole person. Also, our souls will be once more joined to our body. Now, the, he said, he continues, I have come from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. And what is the will of the one who sent him? That he should lose nothing of that which has been given to him. The will of the one who sent him is that no one should be lost, but all should be saved. And the manner of our salvation is nothing other than to believe in the one whom God has sent to believe in Christ. Our Lord came with all humility. And in fact, this is the one and only quality he asks us to imitate. Learn from me, he said, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And our Lord extolled humility in the example of the little child, saying no one can enter the kingdom of heaven unless he become like a little child. He rebuked the apostles when they tried to, when they vied with each other for the first place. He who, um, he who wishes to be first must be last. He who wishes to rule must be the servant of all, and so on. So our Lord puts humility as a, as the one quality that the, the one quality he possesses that we should imitate. Why? Because it is the antidote for all sin. All sin comes from pride. And the converse of pride is humility. So then he who is God became man and humbled himself even to accept in death, death on the cross. And so in this way he overcomes every sin. And it's in, in many ways it's very much like a doctor. The doctor can treat the symptoms, but unless he treats the cause, the disease will remain. You may not have the symptoms, but certainly the disease remains, and it can break out at any time. But if he cures the cause, then we are indeed cured. And this is exactly what our Lord um, asks us to do, to be humble so that we might overcome 
all sin and beginning with the cause of all sin, which is pride. And this is what he goes on to, to uh, intimate next. Now the will of him who sent me is that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but that I should raise it up on the last day. It is my Father's will that whoever sees the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I shall raise him up on the last day. So he comes back again to this, that we must believe in him. And this is where the problem really begins, because we frequently subject what our Lord has taught us to human reason. And this, in fact, has been the problem um, from the very beginning. If we think of it for a moment, Moses worked many miracles in the wilderness, I'm sorry, in, in Egypt. Pharaoh saw those miracles and yet refused to believe. He would not obey God. Later, Moses worked miracles in the wilderness. And the very people who had seen the miracles in Egypt, who had been freed by, the, by Moses from slavery, they also doubted and questioned. When they were fed with the manna, their response, we are tired of this unsatisfying food. When Moses went up into the mountain to receive the commandments, we don't know what's happened to this fellow Moses. Let us make gods for ourselves. When the, they were the waters of Meribah, they complained again. And all the way through the wilderness, when, in fact, when they even reached the, 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 the palace, the, the promised land, and they sent the spies in, what did they say? We can't go in. We are not strong enough. Despite the fact the Caleb and, and um, Joshua said, yes, we can. God is with us. And they refused to go in. So constantly they were subjecting um, the commands of God to human reason. And this is what is happening. Our Lord is speaking. Our Lord is working miracles. He is showing them that God is with him. He's showing them that he himself is God. And they still refuse to believe in him. He established a church. And he promised to the apostles, those who hear you hear me, those who hear me hear not me, but the one who sent me. He established the church uh, on Peter with a promise, the gates of hell will never prevail against it. He said to Peter, when you've turned again, strengthen your brethren, and, and so on. And yet there's still many who disputed with the teachings of the church because they subject to human reason and it doesn't make sense. And of course, one of the, the, the greatest disputes in the church 500 years ago was, can Christ really be in the Eucharist? Can he be up under, with us under the appearance of bread and wine? This just doesn't make sense. And so they reject the Eucharist, even as the Jews themselves rejected when our Lord first spoke about it. So then, humility means to subject our own limited understanding to what God has said. And even this is a grace from God. It's not something that we do by our own efforts. We have to remember that it is the Father who reveals the Son to us. When Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, 
Our Lord said, Blessed are you, because flesh and blood didn't reveal this, but my Father who is in heaven. And so we ask the Father who is in heaven to reveal to us the truths that he wishes us to accept, namely to believe in his Son and in his Son's mystical body, the Church, so that we might have eternal life and be raised up on the last day. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This MP3 recording has been made available by Family Life International. Help us to make many more available in order to promote our Catholic faith. Go to www.familyandlife.org.uk and donate today. Thank you.